It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Friday, 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 five o'clock hour. That hurt my voice. I'm excited for this weekend. We got Vegas Golden Knights hockey in town Friday and Sunday. Oilers and the Islanders are here. Eagles fans are in town. That should be fun. We got something for the Eagles fans coming up a little later in the hour. Willie Ramirez across the way. He's going to be at the hockey game tonight. Ari is here. Finley Toyota Studios. You know what's crazy? All that football stuff, right? And the only thing I could think about today around noon, I was like, man, I have most of Saturday off. I can do my honey-do list, which in the end is actually my Stevie-do list. Yeah. It's all the stuff I need to do. Yeah. So I'm like, haircuts, mm-hmm. go food shopping, uh, need to buy a new pool cleaner, and uh, what was the other? Oh, and I need to get new tires for my car. I, yeah. So it's going to be an expensive weekend. I need to win some bets. Willie, so oh, by the boy. end of this hour, I need some Willie Ramirez leans and likes okay. uh, to the tune of, uh, I don't know, I need to win about $2,000. Can you oh, guarantee that for me? Absolutely. I want uh, multiple 500-star locks. Yeah, next break, I'll uh, get Billy on the phone. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Work the connections. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Five at Five, number five. Uh, you do know tomorrow I will watch college football the entire day. None of that stuff will get done. Zippo, I will uh, be up extremely early. I will go get the pup out of the doggy boarding joint. There we go. And I will hit the hike, and I'll be home by opening kickoff of the first game, and I will have a hike in done. I won't be. I might be out until uh, the time you're getting up. Nice. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, the, the weekends are unpredictable. Now, do you do you get drug out by Adam, or do you two? Once you leave the studio, you're, you're done. Adam, who? Candy or Hill? Hill. Oh, I, I, know, like, I know it's I, not candy. Twenty twenty one, Cofield and Hill. I don't see that guy now. Yeah. When we do the show, that's when I see him. I never see him. I get, was he at the game last night? Well, you weren't know. there. I think I he because he was taking pictures from up in the press box. I'm like, I had no idea he was there. You know who you could take out with you? Who? Johnny, he's got nothing to do. I know we do have. Ari's getting very mad that we still have the uh, the Corona John Gruden yeah. uh, in the corner. You know, you used to see that all the grocery stores and liquor yeah. stores, and we still have it here. At some point, uh, that might find a real depressing fate. I want to you mean, <laughs> take it. No, no, no. I was going to say just admit, we, they'll we just, know. You know no, hey, they said it on the air that uh, Willie was going to take, take it. Take it to a custom auto shop and have them change the entire decor to like some NFL gear. <laughs> he's going to be back before you know it. We'll get to that uh, around five thirty. All right, Let's big five. Let's start off with the uh, VGK. I'll call it a situation. It's not really a situation. Very interesting to watch what's going to happen with the fan turnout this year because we saw on Wednesday, man, there were a lot of fans, Willie, who decided to bail. 
Uh, the get-in price, according to some, got as low as 19 bucks. I saw it as low as $41 downstairs on Wednesday. You get in for about $80. That was unheard of the yeah. first three years. It was hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But now you start to think about, all right, it's a Friday and a Sunday. It's the weekend. you got tourists in town. You're going to have Eagles fans here. you got Islanders fans here. And maybe most importantly tonight, you've got Oilers fans here. And fans of or fans from Canada, they turn out. So last I looked, I'll check again, get-in price tonight. Uh, upstairs was 121 downstairs the cheapest it was around like 202 dollars so uh crisis averted we'll see what happens the rest of the season should be a good crowd tonight we'll see what the breakdown is though yeah no right? it, 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 it's not gonna be 98 percent golden no, knights fans no this has always been edmonton chicago they've always brought a really good crowd um Detroit, but Edmonton, you, you you know it stands out because of that bright orange. They wear the orange sweaters, they wear the orange hoodies, um, and they come deep. And, and a lot of the Canadian teams do, as you said. You know they love to come down to Vegas. And now, obviously, this is a place, especially after last year, and especially the teams from Canada because they couldn't leave. Right, they were stuck up there, and then the fans just couldn't go to games. So now. They can knock a lot of things out. It's getting chilly up there. So, hey, let's go to Vegas for the weekend. Raiders are in town. We'll go see Steve Cofield, the crazy horse after the Raiders game. So, I mean, there's there's lots of reasons to be here in Edmonton. Like you said, that's been a fantastic draw for the Golden Knights. Last game, though, there were they they give the announce, as we know, they give the announce crowd. um, But there were lots of seats available. So. You know, this might be a year where you, if in the past, if you were worried or just didn't even bother and you said, ah, we'll just go to a, we'll go maybe go down to the plaza and then hit one of the bars nearby. This is a year where you might be able to afford to get some seats. I have a partial season ticket package. So Jordan can use them for clients or if he wants to take his girl at the at the gym, whatever. Um, and he's going, he's actually going to tonight's game. We have fourth row off the rail and beautiful seats in the upper bowl. But I mean, you see the entire sheet. No one's ever in front of your in front of your, uh, you know, no obstruction of your view because if the three rows in front of you are standing up, then you're standing up. Yeah. But uh, it, they're they're fantastic <laughs> seats. And our season ticket package, uh, we pay less than a hundred per seat. And I have never ever marked them up. I've just round up uh, past the change, and I've mainly gotten them for, like I said, for him, clients, or family members. Somebody wants to go. You that might way, want to that, mark them up when you can. Now, that, well, you know which game I got you this might year. You know which in my draft. You, you know which one I got. I got the first visit from Mark Andre Fleury. Oh boy! So those will be the ones where I'm going to get paid. Yeah, yeah. The rest of them, if friends want to go, family want to go, you want to take the SO, you just pay what I pay. Come on. Number four. All right, on the betting front, of the NFL easiest bet of the weekend. Well, I know people do not like the Bears. Do not like Matt Nagy. Bears plus twelve. It's not the best number you could have got, but Bears plus twelve against the Buccaneers. No Gronk. Levante David is jacked up. Richard Sherman, addition to the defensive back group. He's hurt as well. What do you think? You want to roll with the Bears plus 12? I'm not, I, I can see it, but I'm not touching that game. Not not even close. Three-team money line parlay. Oh, Lord. Hey, Lions. Man. This is how I can pay for all the stuff I need. This is true. <laughs> Lions, Bears, Texans. Okay. Let's so. do it. Come on. <sighs> My goodness. I was kidding. Uh, I was as, kidding. I'm you, not doing that. And then that. if you want to throw a fourth one, right. you just throw the Islanders on. I throw, that, my, I throw my Jets on because uh, then the Jets would blow it, and then I'll be completely pissed. Just remember what I told you a few weeks back. It, well, for, for those of those that like to do teasers, 
Right? How many times have you heard in your life that someone go, "Man, I had I had the first four of this book, and then Monday night game, and it blew." Okay. Uh, when you want to do a teaser, throw the Monday night or even the Sunday night game. If you're going to watch it, you got a sports book right there, or you got the app in on your on your phone. You tease the side that you don't like. That way, when your first three or four or five legs of the six-leg teaser, whatever it is, you have no problem betting the side that you actually like, and now you got a nice middle working for yourself. But if you want a game to bet on Sunday, I actually like, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to absolutely destroy Houston. Come on, bro. Lay I'm, not lay, I'm not laying 18. Lay the chalk. What, are you crazy? No. There's a reason that that number is that number. No. Most times, no. it's like it's it's almost like looking at a college football total that's like 68, and everybody goes, "I'm not betting the over 68," and it lands on like 80, 90. There's a reason that the number is that big on those big of favorites. Most times, the lines are that big; those favorites cover. Number three. Actually, that used to not be the case. You could bet double-digit dogs blindly, and you'd be ahead ATS. But actually, you're right; it has leveled out. And people are winning on massive favorites. Really good story from the Raiders to get to something serious. Uh, tell us yeah. what's going on with Solomon Thomas. He announced Thursday, uh, whatever number of sacks he gets this year, he's going to be donating some money to a really worthy cause. Yeah. So Solomon Thomas started his, uh, his own his own uh, foundation um, called the Defensive Line, um, it, and this. It's a nonprofit organization. He's going to donate eight thousand dollars per sack retro to to you know already to whatever he's already uh, how many sacks he's had. It hosts suicide prevention workshops in schools for educators and coaches. Thomas set up the foundation to honor his sister Ella, who died by suicide in two thousand eighteen, and he has come out and talked about his own mental health, um, you know, issues and and just the the depression and 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 you know he's really. The other day when he came in and spoke, he was really poignant about talking about youths and, and that how important it is for them to be able to feel comfortable in just talking and getting it off. A lot of kids, you know, teenagers, they feel like they're alone and they feel like they can't speak to anybody. They feel embarrassed. They feel that they're going to be shamed or they feel as if, and I've said this time and time again, I just did a, a little bit of a workshop at Spring Valley High School a few weeks ago. They feel as if they can't talk to anybody because they're just doing it for attention or they're just saying it for attention. They're saying they're depressed or whatever. Here's the problem that I have with people that accuse people of doing that. Guess what? You're right. And that's why you should be paying it. Even if they're doing it for attention, there's something in their head that's triggering them to somewhat feel like something's wrong. Maybe uh, maybe the Philly media shouldn't be running with the Ben Simmons is faking mental health issues. They, they very should, dangerous they, ground to walk on. It is. It, it it's it's very very uh you know it's very tough to to berate somebody or degrade somebody when they have mental health issues. And like I said, if they're using it as a crutch or an excuse, and even if you think that they're just saying something, the bottom line is if they're if they're going to that limit, then there's an issue. There's something there. And everybody, I don't care who you are, I don't. I, I it doesn't matter. If you have the most money in the world, if you're Derek Carr, if you're Robin Leonard, or if you're Steve Cofield or Willie Ramirez, we all have at least one person that you can turn to to talk to. So I plead to every single one of you, if if you're listening and you do have mental health issues, hey, 
talk to somebody. Find that one person and do not be afraid to talk. Um, suicide awareness, mental health awareness is important every single day, not just National Mental Health Awareness Day, National Mental uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Every single day, Solomon Thomas donating $8,000 per sack to his nonprofit organization. Google some of the stories from the local beat writers. I know Tashawn Reed did a great story. Adam touched on it in his column, uh, in his uh, notes column the other day. So Solomon Thomas Raiders, Google it, check it out, read about it. Number two. Well, on a lighter note about having someone to talk to, I wonder if Mark Davis and uh, <laughs> his supposed beef with the NFL maybe called in some favors because now we're hearing maybe the feds, well, not really the feds, but Congress may want to look into the NFL investigation on the Washington football team right there in their backyard. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are like, the government should not be involved in sports. Eh, maybe not, but you know what? I got to tell you, I actually thought something was accomplished from the baseball hearings. At a minimum, what it did was shine a massive light yeah. on performance-enhancing drug use, which is an issue around the country and was a really big issue back then. And it also served to really shame the blank out of a lot of the guys who were involved because how many guys came in and they were like, humana, 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 humana. And you, got, you, know, you had these congressmen and women freaking snapping at sports figures. And every once in a while, it's kind of cool to see. Can you imagine Dan Snyder having to go in there and actually answer questions and get shamed a bit for his ridiculous behavior out front? And who knows what's been going on behind the scenes? Yeah, and, why, and you know, we've said this uh, how many times. Why are these emails, why is this communication, why are why is all this correspondence being kept a secret if you're going to do what you did to John Gruden? You know, and so I, uh, it's it's not Plus, surprising. These are, these are serious it, issues it, that these, were alleged, and the NFL has basically said there's nothing to see here. What's crazy Viol is, Workplace violations. The issues. It, it sounds like really serious issues. Involving and against women, if the NFL is not going to do anything about it and really have, you know, they already did the investigation, if they're not going to do anything about it, maybe someone technically above them, I know the NFL thinks it's its own government, uh, maybe someone else needs to step in, whether it's local, you know, or federal, state, and figure something out here. And why is this happening with this team and some other teams around the National Football League. Why are they hush-hushing it? And, the, you know, the thing is, is that's what this that's what this investigation was based upon. And what's funny is, is that, well, it's not funny. I shouldn't use that word. But the ironic is the main reason for the investigation of the emails, and yet that was part of why John Gruden was forced to resign or resign was because of misogynistic, uh, uh, you know, comments in an email. So these are just as equally bad, the, the accusations that are taking place with the Washington football team. And so, yeah, I, I do, doesn't shock me at all that Congress is stepping in and wants to see this and, and has given them a deadline to turn things over. Number one. Top story coming up after the break. We'll get into the Eagles. Very interesting character this Nick Sirianni is, and he was talking a lot about some of the Raiders. We'll get into his offense, a lot of the pushback on Jalen Hurts and yeah, Philly fans are real interesting. Uh, so interesting that I think they're feared by some of their athletes. And I thought what uh, Jason Kelsey said the other day was completely ridiculous, dude. Uh, mind your own business. You have no, you don't know what the Sixers situation is. We don't need your lecture uh, to Ben Simmons to get out there. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570 9000. 
he'll keep it alive all the way to the sideline. We've seen touchdown passes from him where, you know, you have to look close to see if his foot was on the sideline. I think that's really unique about the Eagles is they use the whole width of the field. I've been very impressed with them. This is the first time really we really studied them and watched them, and I think they're doing a great job with his skill set. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Gus Bradley, Raiders defensive coordinator, talking about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and saying they used the whole field. Uh, we had Barrett Brooks, who played for the Eagles, Mark McMillan, who played for the Eagles, on about two hours ago, and they were very frustrated that uh, the one part of the field they're not using is uh, the middle of the field with a running back because uh, they're just not running the ball a whole lot. We'll see if they're going to run against the Raiders. Raiders' run defense by the numbers has just been okay. Uh, I saw that Nick Sirianni was also very complimentary of the other side. He's yeah. the Eagles coach. What was he saying about some of the Raiders? It was funny because we, we had a, a conference call set up with him, and I, I jump into it, and it happened to be along the same time that I think Josh Jacobs was speaking. So I ended up with a one-on-one with him, and we t- chatted for about 10 minutes. Really, really great conversation. But I needed for my stories. I was writing about Casey Hayward, and I was writing about Kenyon Drake, and both of them he happened to be extremely fond of. He He coached. Uh, with the Chargers when Casey Hayward was there um, for two seasons. The two of them were together for two seasons. And he had said that uh, he really admired Casey because he was a student of the game. But what he would do is go to him during downtime to pick his brain on certain sets, what he looks for, um, you know, for wideouts and what, sort of makes them tick so he could get a better understanding what to get inside the head of a, of a top-notch DB. And with Kenyon Drake, interesting enough, he said that at the end of each season, him and his coaches get together and they size up five different players from skill position on the, you know, five tight ends, five wide receivers, five running backs from around the league, and they study them. They study their film. And Kenyon Drake's always been somebody that he's someone, somewhat have been a case study for him. Um, in terms of how they get the ball in his hands and what he does afterwards. So he's he knows Casey Hayward well. He studied Kenyon Drake. He's very complimentary of um, of Greg Olson. Uh, we talked a little bit about the play calling, obviously, you know, switching over from Gruden to Olson. And for the most part, uh, you know, he knows he's got his hands full. And and I he he should, because as you mentioned, and not utilizing the rushing game. They're ranked 31st in the league. Average drive time on offense, 2 minutes and 23 seconds. Second worst in the league time of possession. And on the flip side, <laughs> the opposition, they rank 26th in the league. Um, teams are averaging 3 minutes and 3 seconds with their drives against that defense. So the Eagles, they, they better figure something out quick in terms of how they're manipulating their plays and um, their average plays, 5.57 per drive. It ranks 28th in the league. And, they're, and again, not a lot of production there. And their defense leaves something to somewhat be desired, ranking near the bottom in a lot of categories. And they're going to come into a hostile house. They're going to come into a, against a fired-up team. We mentioned one of the best defensive lines in the league. Max Crosby, you know, last week he said, you know, yeah, we're one of the, if not the best defensive line in this league. And, you know, he's the top-graded edge rusher on Pro Football Focus. Casey Hayward's top-graded cornerback on Pro Football Focus. Pretty crazy, huh? Guy it was is. available to everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> What's crazy is the fact that this is a – you know, there were a lot of question marks through training camp that we kept asking 
you know, what's the difference? What's the difference? And everybody, the the common denominator was Gus Bradley and the energy that he's brought at, you know, leading up OTAs, training camp, preseason, and then, you know, putting and then seeing it just sort of filter into the season. And it's the it's the biggest area of improvement outside of Derek Carr taking shots, making, you know, going for the big play, going uh, going for the 20 plus yard throws. Week 8, NFL, the place to be is the uh, Westgate Resort and Casino. Football Central goes down there inside the Westgate Theater. Uh, and the Superbook will be there as Football Central opens up at 9 a.m. We go live with the show in the Superbook at 8 a.m. It'll be myself and Adam Candy. He's a sharp. We'll give you the uh, latest line and injury updates. John Murray comes in, one of the bosses at the book. He'll give us the uh, Sharps versus Squares report at 8.42. That's the Sunday football preview show leading into the Westgate Theater's fantastic Football Central. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Since I've been with the Raiders, made it easy. I had a great mentor in John that continually prepped me the four years that I've been with him. So, like you said, I've done it before, uh, just more comfortable within the system that we put together with John. And, and again, I've always kind of prepped for the, you know, what if scenarios. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Willie's here. It's Cofield. We're going to try to track down uh, Jerry Robinson, former Eagle and former Raider, in just a little bit. He's part of a cool event going down a little later this evening. You played a bite yesterday, Ari, from uh, Jason Kelsey, the center of the Eagles. And when I first heard that he was making comments about Ben Simmons. I was like, I don't know if I'm cool with this. I, you're on the Eagles. He's on the Sixers. You don't know what the story is. Uh, back off. And then you played a certain part of the cut, and uh, Kelsey was kind of patting himself on the back. And I, th- I think uh, trying to work for, you know, currying favor with the Eagles fans. Fire this. There's a lot of people that say it's a hard place to play. I think it's pretty f-ing easy, to be honest with you. You just go out there. Play hard. You want to be loved in the city as a baseball player? Run to first base. They're going to love you. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, if you go up here and make a bunch of excuses, you come up here and try and lie to them and act like they don't know what they're talking about, which sometimes they don't, but that's when you, when you really, uh, when you act that way or when you, uh, you know, aren't accountable if you're making mistakes or you're not uh, getting better or anything like that. You know, they're going to crush you. They're going to crush you. Um, but here's the thing. You can try really hard in Philadelphia. They still may crush you. And I'm glad that uh, I didn't hear him say that the first time I heard the cut. Kelsey said sometimes they don't know what they're talking about because he's right. There are Philly fans, just like every market, that oftentimes don't know what they're talking about. But it really it got me going on a couple of fronts when he said all you have to do is be accountable and try hard. Uh, Kels, maybe you just got the town. Uh, I'm a little older than Jason Kelsey, so I'm pretty familiar with Philadelphia. Um, there have been guys throughout history who tried real hard and were really good yeah, and still got crapped on. Which, listen, the Simmons thing is very complicated. Uh, does anyone remember the way? My God, what's going on in here? Are we all right? Okay. Um, does anyone remember what it was like at times for Mike Schmidt, one of the greatest third basemen in the history of the sport, who would get booed? horribly because he struck out too much. 
which now the strikeout is part of the game, but they treated Mike Schmidt like crap. There were moments towards the end of his career where he wasn't as good and you know maybe wasn't um, using the same training regiment that he was when he was in his prime where they would absolutely annihilate Darren Dalton. Um, Allen Iverson and Randall Cunningham, were there times where you were like, I don't care about the practice thing with Iverson. Were there times where they weren't trying? Allen Iverson at 124 pounds playing, he was bigger than that, but you know, crashing to the lane. Um, a lot of people got on him, and I, that to me, that's there's another thing here. I I would, if I were Jason Kelsey, be real careful about going after a black athlete in that town because it's not always fair, and it's not always fair in lots of towns. So, and I you know I saw Noah Brown who plays for the Cowboys, and he was like, eh, you know what, Kelsey should mind his own business. He's like, you play football, he plays basketball. Sounds to me like he's just trying to win over the fans, and he probably should mind his business and just keep his mouth shut considering the fact that he's probably not apprised to a lot of the behind the scenes things that none of us know. How much, I mean, you, you cover teams. So like you hear the stuff with the Raiders, you hear the stuff with the golden Knights. So much of it is not aware by the general public. And you know who else is part of the general public? Now, now I when I said when I said this yesterday, I mentioned, hey, maybe Jason Kelsey's really dialed into the Sixers and maybe he knows someone inside the Sixers. Hey, athletes, maybe he's friends with some of the guys in the Sixers, and they've told him. So that could be the case. But you got to be really careful before you truly believe yeah, that you know but... the situation like weird situations like this. Now, on the surface, this Ben Simmons thing is pretty crazy. But there, you know, the flip side of it is, and I started flipping out about this flip, flip, flip uh last year. Uh, during the playoffs, I just I thought the way the Sixers fans and the media in general handled Ben Simmons and what he did in the playoffs to just be abhorrent. You're not you're not helping the situation. Um, you're actually killing your own uh, organization because you're going to reduce the guy's trade value down to nothing. Now you're going to have to sell him low. I don't know. The whole thing is dopey, and it really is. It's very typical Philadelphia, which is like New York, which is like Boston. Just the fans and the media are they they get so hyper aggressive. Um, and we've seen it over the years. Those three cities, you can link them together. How many times, how many athletes can you name over the years that it just got to a point where it's like, that guy can't play here because it's become impossible for him to coexist with the media and the fans. And it's not, Ben Simmons is not the first. Right. I'm telling you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of those markets too, where it, it just it all does, feeds it on itself. Yeah, yes. They it, love it. And they love being angry. They love having an enemy. They love turning on certain local athletes. Just it happens. They love instigating, needling, get you know, getting under people's skin. That's just that's that's the way it is, you know. And and just the same way, just the same way that there are certain athletes. A perfect example. Perfect example would be the ongoing relationship with Josh Dubow and Derek Carr. Right, I mean, there's media member and the AP, Josh. Yep, yeah, media member and and quarterback and my colleague. But so, do you think Josh is like more like a Philadelphia media member? He's just being a jerk to be a jerk. No, I don't. I think that I think what happened. Did I say typical Philly? I didn't mean that. I meant some Philly media members. What I I don't like to brand everyone, but everyone's not the same. We're not a monolith of the media. What I think is that Derek Carr is is finally having. You know, the last few years he's having some great seasons. Right, he had had a Pro Bowl type season. Um, he had an MVP somewhat like season. You know, he had a, he had a one great season. He's having a great season now, but he's had statistically number wise, 
He's it's not like Josh is fabricating numbers and he's put out good stuff, but he tweets so much stuff. The problem now is that it's been made so public. There was one press conference earlier this season, earlier yeah, uh, this year here, home press conference. Somebody asked him a question and um Derek looked back, he goes, Thank you. Where's Josh? Somebody tell Josh. Josh wasn't even in town. Right. And he's gotten under so his skin. He's just yeah. So so it's in his head. But the thing is, but I get your point. It, like that's that's what can happen to a relationship, right there. Where uh, you know it's 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 uh, to the athletes against the fans and against the media. Man, I'm telling you right now. I actually think the Raiders are going to win this game by seven or more. And there's your best after bet. hearing Kelsey go out. We're, we're you're two and four, bro. How about that? Yeah, you're two and four. We don't need opinions on the Sixers. And the other thing is, it's real easy. To speak like that, when your team had no expectations, the Sixers are one of the teams of that city. They have expectations. Pick it up, Eagles. God, I hope they get the freaking brakes beaten off on him. I hope he gets beat get up the, the middle. Up. I hope he gets beat up the middle for multiple sacks. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Oh, I'm bouncing off the walls. I can't wait for this Eagles Raiders game. I, I really, I don't dislike the Eagles. It's the, it's the fans sometimes. You're fired uh, up, and I, I am, man. I'm, I'm ready for this game. And again, I'm not a Raiders fan either. Uh, but God, I would love to see the Raiders just freaking smash these guys. On Sunday, I don't know where Jerry Robinson lies in this whole thing. He's he fired pl- up. He played for both teams. Yeah, he's uh, the former NFL linebacker joined Stephen Willie. How are you, sir? I'm doing absolutely great. I'm in Las Vegas right now at the beautiful Terrace Hotel and Casino at the Fred Belitna Foundation Crab Feast. I'm doing good, and there's a football game coming up this week too. I'm doing marvelous. Do it. Jerry, we appreciate you joining us. I know you're out there at a, at a fantastic event, um, which we're going to get to in in just a minute. Um, we're, we'll let you uh, tell us tell us all about it and what's going on down there. I, I just see a, a tweet that uh, Rod Martin's out there, so a lot of great folks for a lot a big reason. But um, let's let's talk real quick because we were just talking about Philadelphia and the atmosphere okay. there and and what it was you know for uh, you know as far as the the media and the fans and the environment and now the Raiders are here in Vegas but they've wait, been wait, to three. Wait seasons. a second, I heard I heard I, I heard a chuckle. Jerry, yeah, I heard Jerry laugh, laugh about a little the chuckle. media. Where, where did you? Yeah, have, okay. Wait, wait, let me let me start yeah, off like yeah, this. Yeah, okay, you know, we we have the black hole. Yep. Okay, Raider Nation has a black hole. Well, I don't know what you call the fans in Philadelphia, but I tell you one thing. Uh-oh. You better have your wig on tight if you walk into that stadium and you're wearing another color. Or you, or you, I'm telling you, the Philadelphia. When I played with the Eagles at Veterans Stadium, we had a jail cell. There was a jail oh, yeah. down below in the stadium, yeah. and it was always full on Sunday. So I'm trying to tell you, come Sunday, there's going to be a lot of Philadelphia Eagle fans at Allegiant Stadium because they travel real well. They love their team just like Raider Nation loves the Raiders. Well, if they if they if it's if Allegiant's anything like T Mobile Arena where the Golden Knights play, there's a holding tank there, so they better have one at Allegiant Stadium just in case. <laughs> but uh, which let let me ask you this, because because you played with the Eagles when they beat the Raiders uh, in the Super Bowl, and then you play you played mm-hmm. for Dick Vermeil, and then you played w- uh, with Tom Flores when the Raiders moved down to LA. For you, what was a overall better experience? What did you? I mean, you won a Super Bowl with Philly, but in terms of just okay. the overall experience as an NFL player, uh-huh. the cities. Uh-huh. 
I got you covered, but but first of all, let me let me let me keep it right, keep it straight here. Okay. I was on the Eagles. We lost to the Raiders. Oh, Bowl I'm sorry. When you lost, yes, yes, yes. My bad. Yeah, my bad. That's okay. But yeah. I appreciate that very much because yeah. I get around Rod Martin and Kenny yeah, yeah. King. All they yeah, remind yeah, yeah. me of is Super Bowl 15. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, Coach Vermeil was just from a different school, man. An older school, man. He was from that George Allen school where you worked harder than anybody else, and um, we did. We worked harder. We, uh, you know, it was back in the day. We had six weeks of two-a-day practices. I mean, we hit every single freaking day. You know, like it's not like now, where I need to only be hit six times a year. I don't know what the deal is, but Coach Ramil was a, a, a hard worker. And he drove us hard, and as a matter of fact, he he literally burnt himself out. And I saw I was there when Coach Ramil had that moment when he just realized he couldn't go any further, man. Didn't mean he was a bad man. There wasn't nothing wrong with the man. Just mean he had given everything he had. He just had no more. So it's more to give. So he worked us to death. He worked harder than we did. And the Raiders' attitude is, was a lot different when I came to <laughs> to the Raiders. The Raiders was more concerned about just winning, baby. That's all it was. You know, it's like I don't care what you do during the week, <laughs> as long as you show up on Sunday and you play hard, I will pay you. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You will always be part of this team. It wasn't about trying to outwork anybody. It was about uh, just coming together as a team man and knowing what your assignments were. And it was a lot looser atmosphere and environment. And um, so I, that, that's one of the big big differences right there. So you'd say you had more fun playing with the Raiders on and off the field, maybe. You know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Exactly. But see, the thing of it is, is, you know, when I was eight years old, I used to go over to watch the Raiders practice at the El Rancho Tropicana in Santa Rosa, California, where I'm from. And so I had, I was born, <laughs> I was born into it. It's in my DNA, you know, to, uh, the Raiders is my favorite team. The second favorite team is Philadelphia Eagles because my opportunity to play with the Raiders was a dream come true. And Philadelphia Eagles and Coach Ramil drafted me in the first round. They actually made it all possible too because, uh, they drafted me, and I happened to go to a coach that was my college football coach at UCLA, being a coach for Mill. And then, uh, you know, my relationship with him is uh, is still strong, and I love the man. I love him today. You know what? He's just one of those real, true, emotional, but caring and loving people. Terry Robinson, former NFL linebacker with the Eagles and the Raiders. What was L.A. like at the time as a football market? And I want to ask you as well, as a, as a former Raider, are you cool with the team now being in Las Vegas? Well, well, let's see. Number one, it was great. First of all, like I said, when I got, when I got traded from the Eagles to the Raiders, when that, during the trading period that we were going through this mess you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they asked me, they said, which team do you want to go to? I said, the Raiders. They said, well, okay, Jerry, if you cannot be traded to the Raiders, Give us two or three more teams you want to go to. I said, okay, the Raiders, the Raiders, and the Raiders. Okay. So when the trade happened, you know, I was extremely, like I, told, I already told you a story about me being a Raider fan as a kid, but I also went back home to, to play at the Coliseum where I played at UCLA. And besides, I didn't have to deal with shoveling snow and salt yeah. and stuff on the road and a lot of firewood back east, you know, chili Philly. That's what I call it. Yeah. But, 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 hey, Jer- but, Jerry, let me break in, too. By the way, you didn't have to play on concrete like you did at Vet Stadium. That field was unbelievable. That was one of the worst fields. You know what? It's interesting you mentioned that because when I came to the Raiders, all the players on the Raiders team 
that's all they talk about, how horrible it was. I said, if you thought it was horrible, you only had to play on it for three hours. Right. We had to practice on that stuff oh. in the wintertime, you know, for three and a half, three hours uh, a day. So, yes, I do, do know what that was like. So, But being in L.A., it was good to be back to, back to sunny Southern California. The Raiders had just won a Super Bowl. And when I got traded to the Raiders, I was checking out some things. It seemed like the Raiders had always won a Super Bowl every third or fourth year from the time they won the first one. And I said, you know what? It's a great opportunity to go back, be with the team that I've always wanted to be with, and as a possibility I can get myself a Super Bowl ring. So I was excited, man. But being in L.A., L.A. was a little different now. I mean, oh, yeah. you had the Lakers, you had the Dodgers, you had movie stars. I mean, you, you look in the stands and you see people in fur coats in the summertime. I'm like, come on, man, that's too much Hollywood for me. <laughs> <laughs> but they were looking good. Jerry, let me ask you this: When you now being involved with the you know the alumni, the Raiders alumni, and, and sort of being around a little bit more now here in Vegas, and when you think back, is there something you wish that these guys, you know, I mean, there's so much in society has evolved and with the league and players and training, whatever it may be, off season conditioning. Is there anything that you kind of wish? Not for you to, to be able to play nowadays, but that these guys are missing out on. Something from the old days, you'd be like, man, if these guys mm-hmm. could have experienced this. What, what can you tell us about maybe that these, that these, these you know, 2021 Raiders might be missing out on that you wish they could have experienced? Well, I'm going to say this. You know, last Sunday, the Raiders went up to Denver and beat the Denver Broncos. With that bomb that had been dropped on us as an organization, as a team, and as us players, the way that went down, the way the Raiders, the way those young men played on Sunday told me everything that I needed to know. Because back in the day, situations like that, if that happened, we would have come together in that locker room. We would have found out, you know, our leaders would have been stepped up. It would have been one of those conversations that, you know what, it's us against the world, okay? People are expecting us to lose. People are expecting us to look real bad. They're hoping that we don't play well. They hope we look bad. But what we got to do is we got to pull together as a team and come together and play Raider football. That's what they did on Sunday. That's what we did when I played for the Raiders when <laughs> it was an unfortunate situation. I believe it was a Monday night football game. Coach Shanahan was coming back. He was our coach. He was going back to Denver for the first time. And uh, <laughs> we were down by 21 points, I believe it was. And all week long, you know, from Coach Shanahan and offensive line coaches, stuff like that, they were trying to give us these alerts. You know, if John Elway says this, if the offensive line says that, they're going to be doing this and doing that. We got so wrapped up in all the things that we were trying to listen to. We were down by 21 points, going at halftime. <laughs> well, Jerry, Do the coaches out. Do the coaches out of the locker room. The coaches left the locker room. I believe it was Rod Martin or Matt Millen that just destroyed the chalkboard, man. And said, you know what? If we're going to go down, if we're going to lose, let's go down playing Raider football. Forget all that mess. <laughs> we came back and won the game. Nice. Well, you talk about coming together. Um, that's one thing that this, you know, from – from from the old school to the new school, it's one thing that this organization always seems to do. Um, and Fred Belitnikoff Foundation, twenty first annual Celebrity Ca- Crab Fest, Celebrity Red Carpet, um, and the Belitnikoff Foundation has it's, it's come together. And adolescent domestic violence, substance abuse, human trafficking, and you're out there at the Paris Las Vegas. Um, over six hundred guests are there. Actors, athletes, celebrated football stars. Talk a little bit about what's going on down there tonight, Paris, and at the Paris with the uh, with the Belitnikov Foundation. 
Las Vegas is live again right here in Paris. You're absolutely right. There's celebrities, there's former ball players, and there's uh, but there's a lot of people here, and, it, and it's great because you know it's a fraternity here. It's, it's fraternity. We are brothers for for life, and it's good to be able to see some players that I haven't we haven't seen in a long time. But you know what? I really am impressed with is the fact that the community, the, the people that that have supported the Fred Belenikoff Foundation for so many years, man. And I'm just thrilled that there's so many people here. This is 21 years, man. So they got to be doing something right because people keep coming back. And it's an honor for me to be a part of this tonight. And it's just the atmosphere is live, man. People are, are, are having a good time, but they know we're here for a cause. Jerry, that was awesome. Have a good time tonight. We'll let you go. Enjoy the festivities, okay? Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. All right, y'all. All right, take it easy. Bye-bye. Here's Jerry Robinson played in the National Football League. He's at the Blitnikoff event right now. That goes until 11 o'clock. So if you're a Raiders fan, I'm not sure if there are tickets still available. But, hell, down at the Paris, there's going to be a bunch of uh, old-timey Raiders hanging out, having fun. Jerry Robinson all fired up. we got the hockey game coming up uh, in a little bit over on uh, Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. Do we have uh, some sort of transaction with the Golden Knights? We do. Our friend Danny Webster, who was on earlier, is uh, reporting that on the main, per the NHL's media site, the Golden Knights have placed Mark Stone on injured reserve. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it means that he's he has to be out for X amount of time, and it's going to be out for at least a few weeks. And what was originally, they were worried about... Uh, you know, uh, an injury in L.A. against the Kings, and they had said day-to-day or week-to-week. Now, obviously, it's a lot more serious. What I saw on the TV, uh, when I saw it, it looked like he his knee buckled, like his skate may have caught in the ice. Um, I was actually talking with Dave Shane from the Review Journal. He thought it may be a little higher in the groin because later, when you saw later in the a little bit past that, he was leaning over and sort of wincing and grabbing in the groin area, upper quad, um, the fact that he's going on injured reserve means he's going to miss a few weeks here. He's got to miss specific number, and I can't remember what it is, specific number of games it's mandated. So now he's going to be out, and Max Pacioretty is out. Um, not good. Not good at all because their top two forwards are out for extended amount of time, whereas you're sitting around going, well, is Stone expected back? Is he day-to-day? Could he, could this be the day? Sure, the report, you know, going out to City National during practice, looking to see now he's not going to be around. Uh, update on the secondary market. We were talking about it earlier about how the prices were a little bit low on Wednesday. Uh, get in price now. You can probably get in for about seventy-five bucks, maybe a little bit lower. Uh, one listener sent over tickets as low as like fifty-four dollars. Also, want to remind you of something really important. Uh, one, thanks to Mike Taylor from the Raiders for hooking us up with Jerry Robinson. Yes. Mike wanted us to remind everyone who's going to the game tomorrow, and this yes. should be embedded in your mind. But you got to be fully vaccinated. If not, uh, you got to get the poke. But uh, to streamline the entry to the stadium, they really want you to use that clear app. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's alternate. It, the, those in need of alternate screening vaccination, visit the tent in lot B on Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or Sunday early, opens 9 a.m. to avoid the long lines prior to kickoff. Have you used the clear app? I have it downloaded. I haven't used it because I haven't needed it. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's super easy. I went to New Orleans last week, and uh, you have to be fully vaccinated to get into bars and restaurants, and yeah. they and every place checked, and it's just like bang, bang, bang. It's no digging. Hey, where's my vax card? Uh, all this stuff. 
Very easy, and it's going to make it easier for everyone to get into the stadium. Reminder, this weekend on Sunday, I'll be at the Westgate on Sunday morning in the Superbook, and then 4-7 to seven after party, after the game, right across the street from Allegiant Stadium at Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club.